Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Before Anvil, Part 1. Kai slapped Bryn's shoulder. Just keep those poultices on. By the time we get to Anvil, we might have that eye of yours working again. The blacksmith nodded and set off down the little path that led to his forge. Kai closed the door, stretched, and began to tidy his little cabin. The linen bandages went back into his satchel, the little bottle of marrowwort oil into the rack by his writing desk. Kai frowned. There were too many empty gaps on the rack. Supplies were running low, but there was nothing that could be done about that until the trading meet. He stoked the fire, then sat down at his writing desk. The stiff leather binding of his book of herb lore creaked as he turned the pages until he found a blank one. Picking up a dip pen, he began to write. On blood harrow filter, in substance a thin, slightly toxic elixir that harrows the blood of the one who drinks it, Kai jumped, almost knocking the ink over as someone banged on the door. Grimnir, get out here! Kai's eyes widened. Hella. Grabbing his healer's satchel from its hook, Kai unlatched the door. The wind howled in almost immediately. A woman stood in the snow, her flame-red plaits swinging gently as she panted. A long cut across her forehead was oozing blood, smeared across her face where she'd wiped her eyes clear. Kai rushed to her side and grabbed her shoulder. Hella, are you okay? Not me, she said, pushing his arm away. Master Tapani, back in the woods. She pointed off to the north, along the valley. I'll get my coat, Kai said. Thirty seconds later, he'd thrust his sickle into his belt and donned a heavy fur jacket. What little light the last rays of sunset had afforded were gone, and night swept in quickly as they walked down the path that led away from the village. The smell of pine needles filled the air, and the wind dropped as they entered the relative shelter of the dense woodland. What happened? That cut looks like it could use some work. Hella shook her head. It's fine. Little scar. Good. We were on our way back from tapping the big firs. You know, the ones up near the tree line. Plenty of ambergelt. We nearly got back as well, but then a huge boar attacked us. It came out of nowhere. Master Tapani drew it off to one side, and I was able to take a stab at it. It's not dead, though. But it got his legs, Kai. He can't walk, and he's barely awake. And your head? Hella grimaced. Oh, when it charged at me, I got my sword up and dived to the side. It must have caught me with a hoof or something. It damn well hurts if you've got anything for that. Kai nodded, already fumbling with the clasp on his potion pouch. He pulled out a tiny blue glass bottle and passed it to Hella. Rub this onto the cut, about half of it. Huh. What is it? Anodyne embrocation, he replied, then caught her look. It's a thing for making you feel better. Just put it on, okay? They walked on in silence. The sky above was fully dark now, the moon occasionally glimpsed between the overcrowded branches. There was a stillness to the night that spoke of more snow to come. It was certainly cold enough. The hairs on the back of Kai's neck prickled and he adjusted his belt so that the handle of his sickle was closer at hand. Something was not right. Hella handed the half-empty bottle back to Kai. You're going to Anvil tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Much bigger group going this time. Makwali and Toothstar as well. 
Wolf, the Thane, of course, and Brynjolf. Makes sense to send our best fighters, and the Stormcrow and Skop. Honestly, I'm beginning to wonder if they're sweet on each other, those two. Master Tapan is going as well, right? He's taking you, I hear. Hela shook her head. Now, with his legs the way they are, maybe he's not going. I don't know. I'm not a healer. That's your decision to make. We're nearly there. Their route along the valley kept the ram's horn to the right, its rounded peak capped with snow. They crossed a small stream and Kai hissed as some of the water splashed perfectly up the inside of his fur-lined trousers. There he is, Hella said, pointing to a large boulder. Propped up out of the wind sat an old man, his intricately brocaded clothes spattered with mud and worse. His head was bowed, eyes closed. For a moment, Kai thought he was too late, but then Tapani coughed. Somewhere off in the darkness, as if in answer, an echoing roar sounded deeper than the wind and angrier by far. Kai knelt, the world shrinking down to just patient and healer. The ruin of Tapani's legs, broken and bleeding, was revealed as Kai moved the long cloak that the old master had been using as a blanket. Long cuts on the legs, bones broken, at least two. Copious bleeding. He looked around nervously. We need to be quick. There's something out here. Something foul. Quickly, he unrolled his meagre healing kit and set to work. Hella's heart thudded in her chest as she looked at Master Tapani. Blood dribbled down his chin and onto his leather jerkin. He let out a shuddering gasp as Kai began to inspect the wounds, and then saw Hella. Even the Master Artificer's voice sounded injured as he spoke. Girl, I told you to leave me. Can't do that, Master. Hella knelt next to Tapani's still figure, realising how frail and old he suddenly looked. He'd been a fixture of her life in the workshop and the forge for so long, and now to be reduced to this. We need you. I need you. Your expertise, your knowledge. Tapani laughed shortly. Oh, is that it? I'm only worth as much as my knowledge. Hella shook her head fiercely. That's not what I meant. You taught me what I know about fighting, about crafting, everything. I've just never seen you so... Even the most revered flesh is just flesh, child. It tears and knits and burns like any other. Tapani sucked in a hissing breath as Kai began to work. Do you not have anything for the pain, Grimnir? Kai passed the little bottle of blue salve back to Hella. Use this on some of the other wounds. I can't do much for the leg. He began to pour out a thick, oozing substance directly onto the deep cuts lining the crafter's legs. Tenderly, Hella began to dab the smaller cuts and bruises with the grainy cream. I remember you doing this for me, she said, trying desperately to distract him. When the Thule attacked. Aye, damn them, Tapani said. I was a younger man then. You're still young. It was only six years ago. Village life, especially after hardship, has a way of making one softer. Now that we're not going from mine tunnel to mountain top, picking off patrols and eking out a living behind enemy lines, things are easier. We've lost so many of the masters already, Hella said, putting the stopper back onto the empty bottle. I'm not losing another. And there's still so much to do in Ashenhall. Is there? The Thanes Hall is built. Everyone has a roof over their head. It's amazing what you can accomplish in a year. Hella, Kai said, smoothing the last of the sticky substance he'd been smearing over the wounds. Even as Hella watched, it was beginning to harden into a crusty skin, sealing the injuries. I need two sticks. This leg is broken and I need to set it and splint it, and another long enough to use as a staff. 
Hella nodded and looked around. Everything looked so different now that the sun had set and carried with it an air of menace. She put her fur-lined hood up and began to cast around for the wood. The smaller branches were easier to find, but as she was hunting for something to use as a stave, an ear-splitting scream cracked through the night. Master Tapani! Skidding in the drifting snow and the muddy slush beneath it, Hella ran back towards the boulder. 